Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and today's guest is Foster Gamble of Thrive. Foster is the researcher, co-writer, and visual designer of the documentary Thrive, What on Earth Will It Take? and Thrive 2, This is What It Takes. Hi, Foster. How are you? I'm doing well, Nikki. How are you doing? I'm good. I've been a fan of yours for you know, a decade now, um, ever since I watched your first documentary and it just was so refreshing to me. You share about your history in that documentary and your family and just kind of going against the grain. And I just felt like, I don't know, it just opened my world up so much. And I am so grateful for that and grateful for you spending your life and your career um, doing this. So Thank you for coming on the show. It's surreal for me to have you on. I've been a fan for a long time. Well, you are welcome. It's an honor to be on. And thanks for uh, letting the message of Thrive One in so deeply. I Thank you. So I'd love to start before we get into the documentary, just kind of um, having you share a little bit about the history up until you chose to create that film. I'd love for you to share with us about your background and what led you to start the film. Sure. Well, the the real turning point for me that I depicted in Thrive One was when I was in sixth grade and still in elementary school. And we uh, started doing air raid drills where they would set off a siren at school and the teacher would tell us that, you know, this was a nuclear war exercise and what we needed to do was jump down, get under our desks and put our arms over our heads. So I remember the first time that I did that, being under the desk, thinking, okay, nuclear bomb, I'm protecting myself by getting under a desk and covering my head. If this is the best that the adults have to offer, we're in trouble. <laughs> and literally that is the moment, just kind of subconsciously where my life changed and I I kind of started growing up very fast and uh, dedicated my life to figuring out how human beings can relate to energy effectively and harmoniously. So that led me all, through all different sorts of places. But then when I when I graduated from college, I knew that there were ma- some major problems in the world. It was at the time of the Vietnam War and there was environmental st- destruction going on. But I figured, you know, it would take maybe... Uh, five, 10 years, and we'd turn it around because there was so much good talk going on. So I would make end up making a movie. I was a, I created the filmmaking department in my university where I was because they didn't have one. So I got to spend wow. my senior year doing my thesis as a, um, as a series of films. And I told my friends, you know, I'm going to make a film someday about what it's going to take for human beings to really thrive on planet Earth. And I thought maybe that would take uh, five or 10 years, maybe 15. Well, 42 years later, I was finally ready. Like I felt like I understood, okay, what is in the way of humanity thriving? And also enough of a sense of the solutions that were commensurate to the problem to go ahead and start making the movie. So that was uh, in the year 2003. That's when I began to make Thrive. And uh, Kimberly uh, is a filmmaker, also my wife, and 
we started making it together. Um, we were not married at the time. We fell in love making the movie and the rest is uh, history, as they say. How beautiful. What about your family? I mean, you come from a known family. So can you tell us a little bit about that dynamic with your search for figuring all this out? Yeah, uh, my great great grandfather was James Gamble, who co founded Procter and Gamble. Um, and uh, Procter and Gamble, for a, um, for a long time, was the most respected company in the United States. And, uh, and I was very proud of him for doing that, and also very grateful for creating some wealth that got passed on to, you know, down through the generations. And in my particular case, allowed me enough time if I managed it. Uh, carefully to actually do what I wanted with my life. So, so this was what I was able to do: is research uh, how we can actually thrive as a species. So uh, later on, the company, when it got really big and really successful, I think began getting co-opted. Dick Cheney went on the board in the '90s, and I figured that was kind of the kiss of death. And they uh, they got in themselves into some trouble with uh, environmental problems and animal testing for cosmetics and so forth. And my family, as large as it is, even in the aggregate, doesn't hold enough stock to actually have any sway legally with the company. But there have been occasions, particularly within some environmental actions, and also uh, we were able to come forward, a bunch of us as a family, and say, we're going to go public with our disapproval of what you're doing with animal testing for cosmetics, because it's not necessary. Uh, if you use organic products and, and use computers for your testing, you'll be fine. And sure enough, they did. They now they got rid of 95% of their animal testing and the rest is on, on the way out. So we were able to continually make some tweaks on the company just because they didn't want to be embarrassed by having a whole bunch of the gambles come out against, against the company. So the company doesn't do any organic products. I don't feel as great about it as I, as I did when I was a kid. Uh, I've divested myself um, from almost all of my ownership in the, in the company and put it into things that I believe in more. But I will always be grateful for my great-grandfather uh, creating at least an honest company uh, in his day, taking good care of their employees and uh, stockholders, uh, and then providing me the opportunity to make uh, unusual choices with my life. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so interesting how that works out. And I say that a lot too. I come from a family of immigrants, so they didn't necessarily have the privilege of, you know, focusing on the things that I love now and that I get to care about because I don't have to worry about the other things. And so that's exciting when you're able to then take that and focus on what you really love and care about and giving back to the world. But when it comes to your viewpoint on specific things, is there pushback there in terms of like family dynamics or like, do they care that you're so outspoken? Like, how does that work? Well, it's a really interesting question because uh, we get together every five years, a whole lot of the cousins from that particular lineage and have a family reunion on the lake up in Michigan. And, uh, you know, in the family, I, I, I think because of my successes in school and in business and other things, uh, I was kind of a, 
a role model for younger members of the family. And, you know, I went to these uh, elite schools and when I was head of the school and voted most likely to succeed and all of that stuff. And then I discover <laughs> that we're living in a world of illusion and corruption that threatens to destroy humanity and the planet <laughs> as yeah. we know it. So, and, and I, I've always been a, a seeker of truth, so I couldn't let go of that. Uh, and I would say probably five to 10% of my, you know, cousins and nephews and so forth understand what I'm doing and really appreciate it. And we have great conversations. Wow. Uh, and then another probably 60% uh, doesn't understand it, doesn't want anything to do with it. Uh, and doesn't talk with me about any of this stuff. And then another probably 20 to 30% is so adamant against what I'm doing that if I walk into a room, they'll tend to get up and leave. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it, it, it's the full spectrum. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not that they want to have rational discussions with me to really get to the truth of what's going on. And, you know, I've said to some of them, I, I really understand that it's just too uncomfortable for you to face these issues. So, uh, so that's fine with me. You know, if you're not ready, you're not ready. And I, I said, just don't get in my way because this is really important. Yeah. And I love that as well, because I think that a lot of times this terrorist family is apart, but when you can come together and you can have the dialogue and the conversation, then that's, you know, kind of the groundwork of then going out into the world and being able to do that with others. Like if the people that you love and that love you can't even, you know, just allow or, you know, be in a room with you, yeah, then it's hard to go out. But um, yeah, I, so I'm excited. Thank you for sharing about that. And I'm excited to kind of step into thrive and thrive too and sharing kind of the premise of both films with our listeners who haven't um, viewed them great well thrive one um as i mentioned <clears throat> was my lifelong project to figure out what is in the way of humanity thriving and what can we do about it so what i discovered in a nutshell was that humanity actually is really good <laughs> the most people are uh, kind. They want other people to thrive. They give you the shirt off their back in a storm. So it's not really a humanity problem that we're facing. It's a problem that humanity as a whole has been duped by a small group of psychopaths, you know, multi-generational criminals going back centuries, um, whose goal all along has been to uh, mitigate their own fear uh, fear of dying, fear of being out of control and so forth by taking control of everything and everyone. I mean, it sounds like a bad James Bond movie. Uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're, who gets up in the mornings and going, okay, how can I control the entire world? But these people actually do. And they pass it on to their children and then their grandchildren. And uh, it's been a multi-generational project with many names. Uh, the Illuminati was specifically formed, I think, in 1778, shortly after America got away from England. And it was formed in by a German in Europe with the specific goal of uh, reclaiming America and uh, creating a one world government to dominate all of humanity. So they've been at that for, you know, 240 years or something like that. 
Uh, They've been put out of business again and again by different countries, by different churches and so forth, but they just keep emerging. Uh, They were behind the Nazis. They were behind the communists again and again. And they've, they've always had a strategy of fool people into a false polarity between a right and a left, between Republicans and Democrats, between conservatives and progressives, and then pit them against each other, whether it's by political party or by race or by nation or by gender, by age, class, whatever it is. You look back and all the wars have been sourced with one of those excuses, but all the major wars have been Illuminati wars funded both sides funded by the bankers with the goal of creating uh, a one world government. You know, after World War I, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers created, tried to create a successful League of Nations, which sounded really good, but it was really a front for the new world order, for a one world government. It failed. So they, and then they had a second war, world war. And at that point, they brought in the United Nations and they, for exactly the same reason to be a front for transcending all of the sovereignty of individuals and the sovereignty of nations in order to create the taxation, the legal structure, and the police structure for a one world government that they would control through their secret societies, through their fake fiat money that they print and so forth. Uh, That's been the scheme all along. Now it's called the New World Order. Now it's called the the Great Reset out of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and so forth. But it's really actually very simple. It's a giant scam to to control everybody's life under false pretenses. So Thrive One was to expose that and show, well, what are the alternatives to that? How can we decentralize power? How can we regain individual sovereignty? How can we expose these sociopaths um, and actually create uh, a world that can work for everyone, where everyone has opportunity and where everyone's individual sovereignty is honored? So we made that film and it came out and we didn't know if anybody would be ready for it at all. And we were thrilled that it went viral from, from the first day. I mean, our premiere of 700 seats sold out in about 20 minutes and it, you know, it just went viral all over the world and quickly became the, the most widely seen feature length documentary in history and continues to, to go viral 10 minutes later. I mean, sorry, 10 years later, now, there's still hundreds of thousands of people watching Thrive One a month. So if anybody's out there who hasn't seen it, save yourself, you know, a decade or two by spending two hours watching a movie that summarizes my 30 years of research into what's really in the way of our thriving. We also gave hints as to what could solve those major problems. Um, And it was free energy, it was um, free market uh, economics, it was individual sovereignty and the non-aggression principle and on and on. And, but they were kind of hints that this is what would be possible. We never thought we'd make another movie. It was eight years of 12 to 16 hour days you know, it was a labor of love. I mean, I, I'm absolutely thrilled I got to do it. But it was so hard uh, that Kimberly and I thought we would never make another one. But then we got contacted by over a thousand inventors and innovators from all over the world. Scientists, uh, inventors, shamans, ethical philosophers who were responding to the movie saying, this is we agree with you. This is what we've got in terms of solutions. So we spent 
five or six years traveling around the world. Kimberly was looking mostly into the the breakthrough doctors and health cures and so forth. I was looking at mostly at breakthrough energy devices, and we were both looking at uh, breakthroughs in consciousness, uh, shamanic practices, plant medicine, uh, brainwave biofeedback, etc. And then we were leading a workshop in Costa Rica, and the people that were there were so excited to hear all these solutions that we were finding that they came up to us after the workshop and said things like, you know, I finally feel proud to be a human again, or this is the first time in years that I feel hope for humanity. So Kimberly and I went out to lunch and we looked at each other and said, you know, we are so hopeful. Most of humanity is so discouraged and helpless and hopeless right now. We have to make another movie to get this truth out. And we decided right there and then to do that and spent the next two, two and a half years making Thrive 2. And what Thrive 2 does is Thrive 1 was Thrive, what on earth will it take? So that was the premise, was asking the question, what's it going to take for humanity to thrive? Thrive 2 was, this is what it takes. Because we really felt like we had found in every major sector practical solutions that already existed. But even more importantly, we found the principles by which we can actually solve all these problems, because politics is never going to solve these problems. It's a combination of scientific principles and ethical principles that will solve these problems. It already is. And the, the real solutions already exist in every sector, even as we we're speaking today. So that was super exciting to us. So we made that into a movie and about two thirds of the way through the movie, say, okay, now all these solutions are obviously in existence. So what's still in the way? And that we reveal that the main thing that's in the way is what we call the myth of authority. And I can get into more details about what's in the way, but fundamentally those are the premises of Thrive 1 and Thrive 2. And if anybody hasn't seen them, you can see them both. Just go to, to thriveon.com and everything is there. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to the Fullest Podcast. As you may or may not know, we've been sharing the benefits of Saffron with our community for a little while now, and I want to offer 15% off our entire product line to our podcast listeners with code THEFULLESTPODCAST at checkout online at thefullest.com. Growing up in a Persian family, I'd always felt the benefit of saffron in my life, but it wasn't until I stumbled on the research that it made me realize what powerful medicine it is. Saffron has been proven over and over again in clinical double-blind placebo trials to be an effective form of treatment for depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Saffron has been used by many cultures for thousands of years for these purposes, and now the research is here to finally back it up, proving that plant medicines and ancient healing practices can actually be an effective alternative to pharmaceuticals. At the fullest, we believe that incorporating this ancient wisdom into our modern lives is the most powerful and accessible path to healing. We also believe that everyone's journey is unique, so our product line offers a variety of formulas to help you curate saffron into your personal wellness routine. Warm Feelings is our saffron latte powder and comes in individual sachets and in large sustainable glass jars. Featuring 150 milligrams of high-grade saffron in a creamy bed of coconut and cardamom, it's the perfect coffee alternative and feel-good start to your day. If you prefer to pop a pill, 
Kinder Thoughts is our 30-day supply of saffron capsules, and it's a super simple way to support your body and mood with the power of saffron. Not to mention, it's really amazing for headaches if you feel one coming on. Our saffron soaks are the latest addition to our product lineup, which include Exheal, our saffron salt bath blend, and Inheal, our probiotic-rich saffron milk bath blend. Soak in them to support your digestion, inflammation, and support your skin microbiome. Honestly, at the moment, I'm using each of these products on a daily basis depending on my needs. And to help you begin your saffron journey, we're offering a discount of 15% off just for our podcast listeners with code THEFULLESTPODCAST at checkout. I hope you enjoy your new daily saffron ritual. Yeah, when I first watched Thrive, I didn't even know. I mean, you put everything together. (laughs) Like, I didn't even know the Federal Reserve was, you know, its own thing. Like, you just kind of guide people through every single sector, like you said, and what's going on, what's actually going on. And because it's not like they're teaching you this in school. Well, a lot of people said to us at the time, you know, uh, Foster and Kimberly, you know, you're making a mistake. If you do a documentary, you're, you should just take one topic and just cover it deeply. And we said, you know, we know that that's the usual kind of tradition and other people are doing that brilliantly. So each of these topics is covered by other documentarians. What we saw hadn't been done was to step back and connect the dots and actually yeah. show people how it all make all this, these problems makes sense when you realize what the scoundrels are up to. So once you realize, it's like if you're too close to a a Persian carpet, you can't see the pattern. But if you back up, all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I see the design. And once you see the design of destruction that these folks have planned and carried out, only then do you have a realistic chance of participating in actually solving those problems. Do you think that I want to kind of get into the different sectors and like what you, I mean, I know this isn't Thrive too, but like what the solutions could be, because I'm curious, let's take the um, financial sector because I think, I mean, we're in a very interesting place right now. And so I kind of want to get into that as well. But like, for example, the blockchain and cryptocurrency like how do you see that playing into because they're wanting that to happen for this one world government and all these different central banks are going to have their own so what's the difference between that and having you know bitcoin yeah that's one of the most important questions we could explore because the the blockchain itself which is just an, an honest ledger of transactions and the cryptocurrencies that have come out of that technological breakthrough represent a tremendous path of salvation for humanity in the financial area, not as the only answer, but as a means of honest transactions, honest private currency, very efficient transactions all over the world, um, and a way to electronically build out the kind of new railroad tracks for the financial trains of the world. You know, we we couldn't have the industrial era really in the United States till we had railroad tracks crossing the country. We can't really have these alternative uh, digital currencies until we build the safe, secure and private tracks 
uh, digitally that those can run on. So that is all being done and it's essentially done already. And the key distinction that people need to know is there are honest, independent cryptocurrencies which can and will help save us. What the bad guys want is they want uh, a, di a digital currency that is fake, uh, that is that they can where they can make up money anytime they want digitally, just like they do right now in their printing presses, uh, and where they where they will be able to track all of our transactions and then actually take over money itself. What they want to create, as you mentioned, the central banks will have their own digital currencies. They're working on that now, and at least 50 countries are already developing their own. CBDC, it's a central bank digital currency. And that's the nightmare dream of the elite. Um, because with that, then they will be able to completely control us financially. We warned about this in Thrive One a decade ago, and you know, here we are. They're they're now trying to do it. And they what they want to do is be in control of all the land, all of the food, all of the energy, all of the education, all of the money so that they can, they, these few controllers can shape our behavior day to day. They can track us, trace us, uh, and then affect our moods and also be doling out our energy, our money, and our permissions based on whether or not we go along with their insane totalitarian agenda. So the, the cryptocurrencies represent a fork in the road where it could, if we do them right, and keep them private and secure and independent, then it can be absolutely fantastic. We can have a free market in honest alternative currencies. Or if we go the other direction and allow a few sociopaths to centralize all of money under their digital control, we will be a slave world under their control. Uh, and uh, that's gonna be a lot tougher to get back from than to prevent. So that's why a lot of us worldwide are, are, uh, are trying to expose the truth and also build all of the whole system alternatives to what the elite uh, dictators have planned so that when this whole house of cards collapses, which it is in the process of collapsing right now, instead of getting sucked into the next global totalitarian regime, we actually emerge into a world where nobody has authority over anyone else. Imagine that. Imagine that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> what gave me hope at the beginning of the conversation was when you said, you know, this has been a plan since the 1700s and they've tried and they've failed so many times because I never heard that part of the story. And that makes me hopeful because mm. hopefully obviously um what happened with nazi germany went you know it was horrific and it went farther than it ever should and then the united nations like you said was developed so it's like where are we at in our situation right now and what's going to happen because you know we're at this place where they've brought in so much fear again everyone's terrified of but I don't know what the climate is now with COVID. Like, is everyone still scared of COVID? Or, you know, I feel like um, are people just thinking that they're safe just because they're vaccinated? Like, what's the deal? It's like, 
one after another, you have to get this vaccine and get a booster and then this, and you can't walk in without a mask. And then people just want to do it so then they can just move on. So some people are scared. Some people are just following the rules just to get over with it. And they think that if they do it, then it's okay. But what obviously we're all seeing is, okay, why are they giving up? Why did they have the global pandemic treaty? Um, why are they giving you know, all this up to the World Health Organization to have a say over all of our, you know, records and vaccination status and whatnot. So I'm curious if you can kind of share about that and what you see, you know, you're offering solutions and, and like, I don't know if that also does tie in with the Green New Deal and how that sounds great, but really that's another way to control us. So, and free energy is important. I'm all about, you know, being one with nature and being kind and to our planet and going the alternative routes. But like, what does it mean when they're trying to mix that up with controlling us? <clears throat> yeah, well, you've, you've gone right to the heart of the matter, which is this uh, World Health Organization uh, Global Pandemic Treaty. Uh, the bad news is this is what they've been planning for a long time because it's their next effort to actually legislate uh, away the sovereignty of individuals and countries. Uh, the good news is that it failed in that the, or in the meeting that they just had. So-called President Biden came in with 13 uh, things that he really wanted in this treaty, and basically they all failed. There were major countries particularly in South America, but also, uh, well, Brazil and South America, but also uh, Russia and China and India. <laughs> I mean, the, the BRICS countries, plus a lot of other smaller countries who are awake to this agenda. They basically said, no, you know, we see what you're trying to do and we're not going to go along. So that to me was very hopeful uh, in the same way that, that Biden's mask ma mandates got shut down, there's a court case recently, so now you can you don't have to wear masks on planes anymore. The truth is emerging. You know, these guys, the World Economic Forum, they've got hundreds of trillions of dollars in this great reset project to control the world. However, they have to do it through uh, deception and coercion, whereas the rest of us, we have truth on our side. You <laughs> know, reality is the unified field. It's the entire cosmos is reality. And that's what truth is. And we've got truth on our side because truth makes sense. Truth is logical. Truth is coherent. And so it will always emerge. A few people with a lot of money can, can twist the truth for a while. And that's been going on in the mainstream media um, in the in, well, all over the world, in the Western media and in the Far Eastern media, for uh, a long time, and it's gotten to the point now of all this censorship and propaganda and fake news and so forth. And however, you can see all of the effort that it takes to suppress the truth about the pandemic and to suppress the truth about honest money the truth about what's really going on in Ukraine, the truth about organic food, the truth about our immune system, you know, all of the natural phenomenon of the cosmos that make it so beautiful and such an exquisite opportunity to be alive on a, on a vibrant planet. Uh, the, the bad guys are up against all of that. 
So I actually feel that they have reached the tipping point. In my observation, it tipped at the um, the truckers uh, convoy in Canada. The whole world watched while these you know honest truckers uh, had their kind of fire breathing dragon semi tractor trailers just basically surrounding these the you know Trudeau and these other little dictators uh, and said, no, you don't get to tell us when we get to work. You don't get to tell us what we have to put in our bodies. And the whole world watched that. And we had, then we had the American convoy. And now the, I would say the, the statistics I've seen is it's up as high as 73% of American adults uh, are now saying no to any further vaccines or boosters. So that, so the talk about pushback, you know, and, and it's only building because now the, the vast number of injuries and deaths, not from COVID, but from the vaccines are coming out. And that, that's only going to increase. So I actually think we're at the tipping point where humanity is catching on to the fact that we have given up our power, given up our freedom and our prosperity to a small cabal of really sick people <laughs> and that that's yeah. not a good idea. So we're starting to reclaim it. And what I think is going to happen is that the COVID thing is now getting exposed. The truth is coming out. The next after that is I, the, the whole reality about international child sex trafficking and satanic ritual abuse and all this rampant pedophilia. The, the evidence is in on that, and that's going to be disclosing uh, very soon also. I have a lot of inside information on that that says wow. they've got all the evidence. It will be coming out. So people are going to be shocked worldwide to realize that who they thought was in charge of taking care of them uh, is actually the entity that has planned their demise. And when people are going to be really ticked off at that. And so they're going to, once the evidence starts to come in, there's going to be more and more credibility to what they tried to write off since Kennedy assassination as conspiracy theory. Now they're realizing, oh, no, this is conspiracy analysis. The, the Illuminati have been running the world on cons conspiracy for hundreds of years, and now it's simply getting exposed. It's not, you know, of course, there's some wild ass theories that people make up, but most of the, these so-called conspiracy theories are turning out to be true. And it's vital that we understand that because then you can actually create the solutions. And you mentioned the Green New Deal. That's absolutely part of it. That's simply another name for the UN Agenda 21, 2030, which is a planned communist takeover, a technocratic takeover of all the land, squashing the remaining people that they don't depopulate into the cities and then controlling them through these uh, passports and through the central bank digital currencies and all of that. So it, when you stand way back, it's actually very simple. It's not easy to turn, turn it around, but we've got love, we've got life force, and we've got the truth on our side. But what do we have to do now in order? I mean, you're saying like it's the truth is coming out and that's just what's going to happen and people are going to continue to be woken up. But what? who has to be in power to shut things off? Like, you know, like you said, these countries came together and said, no, we're not going to do the global pandemic treaty. And then they're going to obviously try that again, I think, right? They're coming back to try and do it again, but hopefully it won't go through. And so what's going to happen with 
um, the Green New Deal and the Great Reset that for the World Economic Forum and what their, you know, quotes that came out of there, like by 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Like all those things. It's like, what are you talking about? And who do we need on our side at these meetings to make sure that we're being represented? Well, that's the interim question uh, of who represents us well in the realm of political power. Ultimately, we'll never solve all this through political power because political power is the problem itself. Yeah. That's the cancer. And yeah. I'll, get in, I'll get into that in a moment. But, um, so, but let me take that apart for a minute with just using the United States uh, simply because that's the, the environment that I know the best. Uh, anybody who knows my work um, knows that I'm not a political person. I'm anti-politics and trans-political. Uh, however, we still live in a politically dominated world. And it's the politicians who, who get to run the military. And so they can have a lot of really damaging effect on us if we don't deal with them effectively. So what I see happening is, and this is really the Cliff's Notes version, is the Democrat Party. Uh, which used to be the party of free speech and anti-war and all that type of thing, was taken over by the communists, by the uh, the old Soviet Union and the 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 Chinese Communist Party. It's mainly the CCP now. Literally spent the last two generations taking over American universities and American media and in Hollywood, and they succeeded. And so now the Democrat Party has been stolen from good-natured, well-intended people, and it has become simply a tool for creating, for destroying America and putting it under the control of an international technocratic communist cabal under the the control of the elite bankers uh, and the Chinese Communist Party. So that's the Democrats. Their rallying point has been fairness. If you ask them what, and I've asked, you know, hundreds of them, I said, well, so what, what's your main loyalty? And they all say well, to fairness, you know, to the good of the group. And it sounds great. And they mean it. You know, these are good, well-intentioned people. But fairness is really, everybody's got their different idea of what's fair. And so it's an it's a ideology which is easily manipulatable. And through the politics of the Democrat Party, and the same thing is true with the, the left in, in most of uh, throughout Europe and Great Britain and so forth, is they, the, the powers that be, the, you know, the Soros's and the elite bankers and so forth, they shame people through bringing up uh, you know, issues of racism and uh, sexism and homophobia and so whatever they can do to try to make people feel guilty about something. Uh, and then to pit them against each other. And, and so they've shamed people into where they would actually be condoning uh, assassinations and you know uh, burning and looting of small businesses and government buildings and so forth. So that's the Democrat Party. And now that's all getting exposed. And they, in the midterm elections coming up in November, if these elections are able to run honestly at all, which is not what happened in 2020. The, the proof is in on that, and that's going to be coming in, coming out also. But if we have honest elections, the 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 population is swinging dramatically to 
the right, because that's all they know is left or right. So they're swinging right because the left is destroying the borders. They're destroying the economy. They're uh, they're destroying uh, individual self-esteem. They're destroying the educational system. And the list just goes on and on. People at least are catching up to that it's not working. So they're switching back to the right. Now, the only good thing about that is that the right has as their major kind of uh, banner slogan is freedom rather than fairness. If you yeah. really look at fairness, the fundamental fairness is giving someone their freedom to do whatever totally. they want as long as they're not violating someone else. So at least it's, you know, it's out of the, the, the pot and into the kettle, but they, um, but at least it's a step in the right direction because the right believes more in freedom and sovereignty than the left. So it's going to be a step in the right direction. And a lot of these um, of these politicians and so forth, the bankers are going to get exposed and brought to trial, brought to hearings and so forth when the right takes over. Now, ultimately, that's not going to work either, because as long as anybody has political power over anyone else, they're going to use that power to make laws which to keep them in power, ultimately to expand their power. And no government exists except by taxation, which is theft. If you take somebody's money against their will, then it's theft. No matter how much you've been indoctrinated to believe that taxes do good, it's, it's like, you know, making <laughs> love without the other person's permission is rape. No matter what name you put on it, it's a violation of the other person. It's exactly the same with taxation and no government exists except by taxation. So what in all of our work for 20 years now, what we've been showing people is that the beacon is a stateless society, is a society yeah. without anybody ruling over anyone else. You still have rules, but they're all based on the non-aggression principle, which protects individual sovereignty and forbids anyone to initiate force or fraud against anyone else, except in true self-defense. That's the key to a thriving world. That's the moral the universal morality that we have been missing throughout human history. So I believe ultimately that that's what's coming, but only if we know that's where we need to get so that we don't stop at, oh, well, we swing back to the right and think that's going to be the answer. It's not, that's how they dupe people into swinging left, right, left, right. Meanwhile, they're taking over the entire world. Yeah, exactly. And I completely agree with you. And I mean, I definitely have one that and went from being Democrat to seeing what's going on to swinging right. But again, like I just, I don't agree with a government that wants to control every single move that I make. And I want to make my own decisions. And I don't trust that someone else is going to make the best decision for me. But I also... I like that you say like the non-aggression, um, I don't know what you called it. Non-aggression principle, yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you don't want, you know, people around that are like murderers, obviously, or whatever. But um, I like, I don't know, did you say this in Thrive? And I think you said this today that you, through your research, you learned that people are inherently good. And I remember that always stuck with me. And I really love that. Well, you know, we, we laid the groundwork in Thrive One for moving to a society based on the non-aggression principle. But in Thrive 2, and I highly recommend people go and watch Thrive 2, even if you haven't seen Thrive 1, we do a little summary of Thrive 1 at the beginning of Thrive 2. But in Thrive 2, we really dive in to what it would take, 
What's the nature of a stateless society? How would everything work? And then also, how can we get from here to there? To me, that's the most important question for humanity at this particular time as we spiral through the cosmos on this little blue ball. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, in the interim, like we have midterm November um, elections coming up. Let's say, you know, like you said, it comes out to be an honest election and things do swing that way. Before that, even like all these things that you're saying that have the potential of coming out that you know could come out. The problem, like you mentioned, is that the Democrats own the media. So then like, how is this information going to come out for people to really see? Is it going to be through independent journalists? Like what's, or do you think that if a different party does take place, then the media will be forced to share that? No, this is critical because uh, for your audience, first of all, the mainstream media is no longer the mainstream. The uh, Here's an example. Uh, Joe Rogan's independent podcast averages about 11 million viewers per show. CNN during prime time in the evenings has about 500,000 viewers. Wow. Oh my gosh. So I this, this is what, that. this is why CNN had to cancel is CNN plus MSNBC, the New York times, the Washington post. They're all dying on the vine because they're a bunch of liars working for the communists. And now the word is coming out. So it's not entertaining. It's not funny and it's not true. <laughs> it's actually really dangerous. So the independent podcasters, the you know second behind Joe Rogan, I think now is uh, Tucker Carlson. Uh, Politico, which was a major left-wing magazine, actually admitted recently in print that they did a poll and 62% of so-called progressives, self-proclaimed progressives, now acknowledge that they're getting their news from Tucker Carlson on Fox in the evening. Wow, wow. So it, it is changing dramatically, but if you're getting your news from the old mainstream, they're never gonna tell you that. <laughs> but if the, I, we just put out a, a list, because everybody's always asking me, so where do you get your news? Because I, I, I follow news on the left, on the right, and libertarian and voluntarist, and I, I look at mainstream every day to see what they want me to think. And um, So we just, put out a, a list. Uh, it's at thriveon.com. Uh, we put out about 100 sources that I check pretty much on a daily basis uh, that I trust quite a bit. And then we had our listeners also send in their most trusted sources and why they trust them. So we, we, we put up a comprehensive list by category of the sources to go to if you actually want to be dealing with the truth rather than just kind of having your propaganda beliefs stroked by a bunch of fake news. Wow, that's amazing. I thank you for putting that in perspective. I was not aware of those numbers. And I knew more and more people. I mean, I have, you know, employees telling me, people telling me like even people who have been vaccinated and who were like die hard, you know, I'm not going to hang out with you if you haven't been and all that like then you know, they listen to a Joe Rogan podcast and completely change their mind. And I was, my mind was blown at how incredible that is. How just, you know, stepping out of the mainstream for one 
episode could really change your entire perspective on the entire thing. So, and, and that's it in a nutshell. What you just said there, Nikki, that the, the the ones that we recommend from Thrive are the ones that we consider to be quote unquote truth media, and that doesn't mean that they always get it right, but it means that we that we determine that their primary goal is to discover and disseminate the truth as opposed to sell pharmaceuticals or uh, perform you know, propaganda for a particular political party. And that's the key. When, when I see people who have been completely indoctrinated into the new world order and, and putting these toxins in their bodies with having no clue how dangerous they are, what they really do and everything. Now I've come to ask them rather than just you know, uh, try to cram a bunch of information down their throat or run away. I, I say, that's really interesting. It's such a different perspective than mine. Where do you get your information? And almost every single time, it's within like five uh, liberal sources. And that's the little bubble that they're in. So they literally, it, they all reinforce each other, but they're not looking outside for other realities at all. And, and that it, it's, it's more than inconvenient. It's lethal. It, it can actually, you know, I have three friends who've chil whose children have died immediately after taking the vaccine. That's just close friends. I know many other people in my network who, who have been uh, either really damaged themselves uh, or their kids have been really damaged by subjecting themselves to this worthless, you know, worse than worthless toxic injection but it is not because they're bad people or stupid. It's because they're in, uninformed on critical life and death issues. And, you know, you mentioned how you could watch one, one show and it changed your mind. One of my uh, relatives, a, a young man about your age, was really resisting the, the thrive perspective on things. Just thought we were, you know, gone too far and so forth. So he kind of almost in, in, uh, in resistance to that, he went out and got double vaccinated. And then he, he called um, Kimberly later on and said, you know, I really made a bad mistake. Now I see what I did. And she said, well, what woke you up? And she said, I watched one show where Dr. Malone was on Joe Rogan. Uh, and that show informed me for the first time. I have a daughter who was a nurse. And she was really questioning all, all this stuff. She watched one show with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, and that did it. She, she resisted the vaccine so, uh, so consistently that they ended up firing her from her work and all that kind of stuff. But at least, you know, she's, she's still alive and she's fighting for the freedom of all nurses now. Wow. That's incredible. Do you think, I mean, it's, crazy for those people who lost their jobs for this and now it's just all gone poof it all disappeared i mean it's yeah you know it's so eye-opening and i guess i know we're like running low on time here i think one of the big things i'd love for you to you know predict what is going to happen like we're in a situation where gas prices have soared through the roof i don't know where you're where are you located I'm are in California. In <laughs> yeah, same here. Okay, so gas is outrageous. Um, we, you know, importing anything. I mean, my products, I have a product that comes from China. The packaging does the glass. I can't get it, anything from China right now. I mean, Shanghai was like locked down for months. 
just because of the resurgence of COVID. You know, we have just food shortages. They're going after these plants. I mean, everywhere we look, like I'm actually in the process of raising money for my company. And I have a company working with me and they're saying that Sequoia Capital just put out like a huge deck about the importance of getting to profitability as soon as possible right away. Whereas like before that wasn't even a thing for people, um, for investors to even care about. Like everywhere you look, it's like, I mean, I was just at a coffee shop this morning and I met a chef there and he was saying like, anyone who's opening a restaurant right now is absolutely crazy. Like I pay this much money for scallops and, you know, so it's just like across the board, everything's outrageously expensive and no one really knows what to expect. We kind of know, but I guess no one wants to believe it. You know, what's going on with the stock market, what, like the housing market all of a sudden boomed and now it's just like gone sideways. So what is going on? What do you think, like, what is your recommendation for people right now as we kind of sit and wait, like, about what's about to happen? Well, I'll give you the the bad news, and then uh, I'll tell you how, in my mind, it moves into the good news. We'll end on on that, maybe. Yeah, I, I think we're going into a major recession, probably like humanity has never seen, uh, certainly as a whole, and it's intended. That's why I think it's going to happen, because this is exactly what they've been intending. The major hurdle in the way of the one world government is the freedom lovers in the United States who are well armed. You know, the, the arms were taken away from people in the Commonwealth countries of Australia, New Zealand, Canada, UK, and so forth. So they can't basically, they, they can't fight back. But the US still has their guns. Uh, yeah. And so, so they're trying to collapse the United States economy so that the people will panic and want to become part of the new world order. So we're going to see major recession. Like you mentioned, we're going to see supply chain shortages, food shortages. The real estate market is collapsing. The stock market is collapsing. The dollar will be collapsing. Um, but they're just going to keep coming. This is the, the, the mass scale application of MK Ultra mind control. You just keep coming with one traumatic infliction after another. So we're going to see an increase in chemtrails. We're going to see the central bank digital currencies. We're going to see uh, cyber attacks to, to, to scare everybody into turning over the internet and, and uh, adopting these, these uh, central digital currencies and so forth. So it's going to get worse before it gets better. And so I'm recommending to everyone, have been for years, that you make sure that you have alternative access to alternative energy, that you've stocked away food and then water, that you know people in your community so you can share with each other. Uh, both supplies and protection for what's coming. Because when things collapse, it could get very ugly in terms of people marauding when they get hungry. And so so that's the bad news. It's going to get ugly. And what I have been saying to people all along when they say, well, well what, can, what can we do? Is what you can do is build the alternatives that will survive all of this and that will actually be the central parts, uh, the key parts, to a thriving society. And what I mean by that is uh, create truth media outlets, just like you're doing with your show, Nikki. This, this is, there's nothing more vital than people having a, a channel where they can share and hear the truth. So truth media is one of them. Real education, not government propaganda. 
homeschooling is up to, I think, 11% now, you know, up from like 3% to 11% in the last two years. And it's just exploding. Um, Honest money, holistic health practices, new energy sources are coming out, organic polyculture farming. And with the realization that what we're heading toward is a truly sovereign, individual-based society on planet Earth. So if the more we can participate with whatever skills and passions we can in whatever sector is the right one for you in creating those whole systems alternatives, restoring nature to whole systems, then when the, when the cabal collapses, when these, these banks are $700 trillion in debt, uh, they can't afford the, uh, the, raises in interest rates, which would be necessary to rescue the economy. So it's all going to be coming down. In history, always what's happened is people would just, in their panic, they would just adopt the next regime. This is the opportunity for humanity for the first time ever to choose no regime. And that's what I've dedicated my life to, to telling people what that means. There will still be rules. There will still be associations and clubs and businesses. All of these things will be taken care of that need to be taken care of by independent entrepreneurs. And they'll be much better taken care of. And those independent entrepreneurs will be held individually accountable for the destruction of ecosystems, the violation of individuals, that that type of thing. So we're moving into a world where what's on the table when things collapse determines where we will be next. And the great news is, because I deal with people in every single sector, uh, there are already these solutions in existence. Well, first of all, I I say create the alternatives and be ready to defend them. Because just like they came after your Facebook page and your YouTube account and your Instagram and so forth, they will be coming after your organic farms. They will be coming after your honest school, your honest bank and so forth. But their power is disappearing rapidly. And and all these healthy alternatives are growing and collaborating. So the the last thing I'll mention um, is after the movies and after my show, The Freedom Portal, which is a a show like this where people can hear uh, expertise and discuss the most critical issues, what we've now dedicated ourselves to at Thrive is we're in beta testing for about a year and we're going to be launching to the public in the fall what we call the Thrive Solutions Hub because there are literally hundreds of thousands of freedom groups in virtually every community worldwide who are coming together not based on race or creed or color or political party. They're coming together based on truth and based on freedom. And that is what will solve all these problems. That's what what Thrive 2 Uh, unpacks uh, really effectively, I think. And so what we felt was missing was a open source, decentralized digital platform that is secure. It's all on private servers. It's redundant, backed up in multiple countries with maximum security, where you can do either public or encrypted private meetings, share information, do private Uh, video conferencing and so forth, but most importantly, where you can connect with other ethical solutionaries, either locally or all over the world by sector and by specific issue. So you can share resources, petitions, lawsuits, um, 
the flyers, fundraising techniques, whatever it is, you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. People are sharing those things now. And then the probably the my favorite thing about the Thrive Solutions Hub is that if you have a really important event coming up or a lawsuit uh, or a critical mass action or a, a movie that's coming out or something like that, you can, with the click of a button, send it to the leaders of all of these networks worldwide. Then they wow. decide whether or not they want to pass it on to their own trusting network. Um, but this is we're creating the first global network for networks. And I think what what's that's going to do, the analogy that keeps coming to my mind these days is, you know, if, if you piss off a bee, it can sting you and it can hurt. But if you piss off a hive, you know, and they come after you, you're going to have to change your behavior. You're going to have to get out of town real fast. So there's a lot of individual bees all over the world doing effective work now. What we're wanting to do is help them coordinate inexpensively and very efficiently and safely to coordinate those actions worldwide and then be able to take all that energy and tune it in wherever it's most needed all over the planet. So if somebody's interested in that, go to Thrive On and look at the Solutions Hub and you can at least uh, get a sense from a landing page what's going to be available in the fall when we come out to the public. There's already over 150 groups and over a thousand individuals who've been just testing it out, but they are loving it. Um, and it seems to be exactly what's needed. So that's one of the main things that gives me the hope for the future is that not only do we have love and the truth and the unified field on our side, but we're also building the tools and the techniques now, the strategies and the tactics to actually reclaim our freedom to thrive worldwide. And it's, it's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. Wow. Congratulations on that. That's a big deal. I'm so excited about it. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, I can't wait to check it out. I, I'm definitely going to be joining. So thank you so much, Foster. And I'm really looking forward to keeping in touch. Thank you, Nikki. Uh, yeah, we'd love to have you in the truth media sector uh, in that uh, solutions hub. And also, uh, Kimberly and I have been keeping a list of what we call next generation torch bearers. And this is one of the, one of the other things that gives us hope is people um, at your age uh, and younger uh, who already get it and who are already taking really courageous steps uh, toward a thriving world. So uh, it's really been an honor to be on your show and to meet you. And after this, I will definitely add you to our next generation torchbearers honor roll list and look forward to collaborating with you. That's so nice. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you.